0: Hello and welcome back to American Political Videos. Today is Monday, October twenty fifth, two thousand twenty one. Today we're going to be talking about something different within the federal government and with with uh, foreign persons and presidents, and how can they, how can they use this tool for their own advantage and for their own disadvantage. This thing that we're going to be talking about today is called what is it, called executive privilege. And how does former president and how does the current president get to use it in their own mean in their own meaningful ways in their unhelpful ways? So let's get started. According to this is a, according to a CNN article called What is the Second Privilege? How does for, Does a Former President Still Get It? Analyst by Zachary B. Worth of CNN updated at 406 p.m. on Thursday, October 14th. Says here, former President Donald Trump's effort to block Congress from investigating the January 6th insurrection has entered a new phase of obstruction. Follow follow this logic. Trump advisor Steve Bannon is a private, private citizen who was not, not employed by Trump or the White House. He's claiming a, a very official protection, a sec- executive privilege absolves him. When complying with a a legal subpoena, can a former president claim protection for a for a for an informal aide? The law may not be on their side. Time probably is. January six investigators have promised to seek criminal charges against Bannon when he blows past a deadline to comply with a congressional subpoena. Several other former advisors, including Dan Scerfino. and former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, have also been the subject of subpoenas, 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 subpoenas for information related to the insurrection. Then you might wonder, what is a of privilege? Which I'll get into much more later, but I'll get into a CNN article that talks about it, that talks about what is a of privilege. Presidents have been fighting with Congress for all U.S. history, the concept of executive privilege. Privilege. The executive in question is the president and the privilege in his or her right to get honest advice in private and protected from Congress and courts. The term executive privilege dates back to the Eisenhower administration, but fights over separation of powers have been going on for centuries in the U.S. The idea is that presidents can shield their aides from having to share internal communications with com- with congress when it, when it is conducting oversight as the constitution suggests it must note while the constitution does not use the that word oversight it does require congress to make laws which necessarily which necessarily requires lawmakers to understand how the president is e- executing them. There is a ten- natural tension there that the official duties of one branch of government conflicting with the other duty official duties of another. Quote, you want advisors to feel fear, fear free to explore a, a range of options, including options that might be unpopular, and to have a free flow of conversation with the President in order to develop to develop the best possible options. unquote former White House counselor Neil Eggleston, who worked in the Obama administration Obama administration toward Harvard Law today. The danger, of course, according to Sean Archer, is that this honest protection could be used to hide illegal and, or improper behavior behavior. And then there's this thing called post-presidential privilege. Trump wants to carry out carry out that protection with him out of office and stretch it to cover people like Bannon, who are no official capacity. It's an odd twist in a debate that's touched every single president, including Republicans and Democrats. Barack Obama inflict a executive privilege to shield his de- his Department of Justice from accountability the Operation Fast and Furious Gun Trafficking Gun Tracking Scander George W. Bush invoked a of privilege to shield his aides from account- accountability for the mass, mass firing of U.S. attorneys. The ultimate test of privilege comes came when the Supreme Court rejected Richard Nixon's argument, argument that he could keep recordings Of his over, over office conversations from from a special prosecutor. Although when questions of executive privilege are taken up in the courts, they take forever. Cases involving both Obama and Bush, and Bush were not resolved until they were out of office. Eggersen cites Supreme Court cases from the Nixon era to argue it's actually President. Joe Biden, who should decide if Trump gets privileged now that he's out of office. Quote, under our system, the authority attaches to the office, not the human. Eggleston told Harvard Law today, Subline Trump's White House had an expansive but inconsistent view of privilege. Trump initially used executive privilege to hide special accounts that Robert Mueller's Mueller's report on on the Russia investigation from Congress and the public. He used such high documents related to the census from Congress. Neither of those ultimately worked, but they were part of an attempted expansion of executive privilege. Trump simply released the damning transcript of his infamous phone call with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. Part of a nothing-to-see-here strategy to downplay the fact that he exerted political pressure on Ukraine to damage Biden. But then, as impeachment approached, many White House aides refused to cooperate with House house investigators. They simply ignored subpoenas and refused to testify or turn over documents. This lack of cooperation became the basis for one of the articles of impeachment. But Democrats, as we all know... Who were in a hurry at the time didn't pursue the subpoenas in court. Which to me honestly they should have. if they were, if it would have, they would have had a more clear and thorough investigation into Trump's call with Ukrainian president Zelensky. Because he because Trump wanted Ukraine to damage they want he wanted he was trying to put political pressure on Ukraine to damage Biden. Other witnesses, the ones you saw testify against Trump, ignored Trump and cropped with the investigators. He was impeached in the House, not once, but twice, for two different I- impeachment charges, but Republicans in the Senate voted against convicting him. Both times. Not satisfied simply with privilege, Trump's lawyers are later argued that he was also entitled to quote, total immunity, unquote. The Supreme Court, though, however, disagreed, disagreed, deciding he could not hide his financial records from lawmakers and state authorities. A history of privilege. Questions of privilege for presidents date back to George Washington, who didn't want to tell Congress how the the Jade Treaty with Britain was negotiated. Thomas Jefferson did it, too, as a as I, as the author author of this article, first learned when he, writing about Trump's claims of privilege back in twenty nineteen, mm, let's see, which nation would he weakened a second privilege with his repeated attempts to invoke it? But Trump supercharged the con- concept of privilege with wired and blanket assertions that continue even after he's left office, to, and to cover. People like Bannon with no official capacity. Let's just show, show, just show you how much Biden, lo- or not Biden, I meant Trump, uh, how much former President Trump just loves and loves the attention of putting, of hiding all the secrets that he may be hiding for people like Steve Bannon that really were a central part of, of his administration, no matter if he was a part of the White House or not. Steve Bannon was a, a central part of the White House in the beginning of the administration. I think he, he was eventually fired for something or not because, I mean, Trump fired and hired a lot of people. But Steve Bannon did he was a big part in, in helping Trump win the White, White House and get all the immigration laws and and executive orders done in the beginning of Trump's administration. So I mean you could just like if you look up, Steve, Bannon, he's known for all, a lot of movies about him, anything. I mean, he's been known in politics ever since Trump came into politics in 2015. So there's that. Although Biden rejects Trump's privilege claim, persons usually try to help each other out on executive privilege and defend each other's claims after they've left office. And a break with that tradition, Biden's administration told the National Archives to release documents relating to January 6th to congressional investigators. Trump could go to court to keep the documents sealed. These cases often take years, and Trump probably won't have to wait that long. If, the, if Republicans take control of the House or sen- Senate after, 20, after the 2022 midterms, and history suggests they will, all the January sixth in- inquiries will almost surely go away. That's where we are right now. And I believe recently they, that, like I think it was fourteen or, or nine. I think it was close to fourteen Republicans, House Republicans, United States House of Representatives, voted in favor of holding Steve Bannon in, in in favor or uh in in uh favor of. Horn him for contempt for not obeying for subpoena. That the January sixth committee, select committee, already had a subpoena ready to make sure that he was going to testify in front of him. And, th- and I think it's and lo- it's legal that the January sixth select committee committee is actually subjecting to him to testify in front of him because he has subpoenaed out. Even though Trump may think he's he's sh- uh, Steve Bannon should be shooting I uh, I think it's essential that people from January G- 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 6th insurrection during Trump's administration should come forward and explain how this insurrection came unfolded and came about because it's essential that we understand how to prevent some attack like that from ever happening again. So now I'm going to go to the pages. Of, so that i found on the internet about about executive privilege so according to cornell Law.cornell.edu website executive privilege is the power of the president and other officials in the executive branch to withhold certain forms of confidential communication from the courts and legislative branch when executive privilege is invoked in litigation the court should weigh its applicability by balancing competing interests. The Constitution, however, according to this article, is silent on the executive power to withhold information from courts or Congress. The privilege is rooted in the separation of powers doctrine that divides the power of the United States government into legislative, executive, and judicial branches. United States first Nixon, Nixon, also known as Watergate scandal, has also established established that even a president has a legal duty to provide evidence of one's communications with his aides, and when the information is relevant to a criminal case, which is can help, which can help us, and I think it should help the latest uh, members of the United States House of Representatives right now, especially game the January 6th insurrection. They can look back at Nancy's First Nixon and say, "Hey, maybe we really should look at all of President Trump's former his former aides and really get answers about January and such and how it unfolded from them and all the other White House staff members under Trump." Which I think is a good thing to start doing because I mean, even we're trying to move forward, and I think we need to, as Republicans and Democrats. We need to move forward past genocides and all the stuff unfolded during Trump's administration. We need to look forward to the future and try to make this country a great country as much as just like Trump always says it's a great country. We just need to keep, preserve the union, preserve, and allow, and not allow liberty and justice and And our freedoms that allow us to be allow us to call ourselves proud Americans to go to not go to not go away. So here, though it says by requiring the president president to turn over recordings of private conversations that he had with his aides, the court's decision has helped frame how to define executive privilege in judicial setting. Even before the Nixon decision. However, some courts have required the executive branch to provide government governmental records and documents prepared for the president. In several actions, federal decisions have recognized for executive privilege over the officials' internal communications and, and, and advice based on the law of evidence. However, the courts have held that the ap- applicability of a of a privilege should be decided on a case-by-case basis by weighing the need for the administration of justice against the need to protect confidentiality. Courts have generally held that statements of facts are sent from a privilege where subjective opinions, recommendations, and advice are protected. And I'm going go to go Wikipedia and just... Okay, so... Okay, so this was the post-Watergate. According to Wikipedia, there's been a lot in the in post-Watergate era, there's probably, it seems as if in every present administration, they have used a sector of privilege to get themselves out of trouble or something. So according to Wikipedia... During the Ford administration I think it was yeah, in the wake it says here under the Ford administration, the week of Nixon's heavy use of executive privilege to block investigations of his action, actions, Ford was scrupulous in minimizing its usage. However, that complicated his efforts to keep his to keep congressional investigators under control. Political scientist Mark J. Rosal concluded that concludes that Ford's failure to a emu- emuc- former executive privilege policy made it more difficult to explain his position to Congress. He concludes that Ford's actions were prudent. They likely salvaged executive privilege from grave-, grave the graveyard of eroded personal entitlements because of his recognition that Congress was likely to challenge any personal use of that unpopular perquis, perquisite. And then the Reagan administration. In November 1982, President Martin Reagan signed a directive regarding congressional requests for information. Reagan wrote that if Congress sees information potentially subject to a secret privilege, then a second branch of officials should request the Congressional body to hold its request in abeyance until the President decides to, whether to invoke for privilege. So I think President Ronald Reagan was smart in the way he, he wrote that if Congress seeks information potentially subject to a secret privilege, then a secret branch of officials should request the Congressional body to hold its request in abeyance. Bay- until president person decides whether to invoke privilege. I know I just said that twice, but it's important to understand what he's saying. Reagan and Bresa just wrote that if Cong- Congress wants to, uh, if they want information with somebody that is that is that might want to execute, or that might prefer or plea a second privilege, then they need to go to, then, uh, then the second when somebody in the executive branch of the government, like the White House needs to, needs to, uh, should request or allow the congressional, whoever in, in Congress is, is, uh, to allow them to have that request obeyed or followed this until a person decides whether to hold and feel privilege. Because course that's smart. Because... Maybe the Congressional won't allow them to decide or not if they want to invoke for their privilege or not. George W H George H. W. Bush administration. Prior to becoming an Attorney General in 1991, Deputy Attorney General William P. Barr issued guidance in 1989 about responding to Congressional requests for confidential executive branch information. Which as a side note, Deputy Attorney General William P. Barr was also uh, was also one of former President Trump's uh many uh, he was one of two, I think, attorney generals attorney generals that uh former President Trump had while he was in office. So, uh, anyway, he uh Debbie Prior to becoming Attorney General in 1991, Deputy Attorney General William P. Barr issued guidance in 1989 about responding to congressional requests for confidential executive branch information. He wrote Only, quote, only when the accommodation process fails to resolve a dispute and subpoena is issued does it become necessary for the President to consider asserting executive, executive privilege. So, he's saying, like, a different version of how executive privilege should be asserted and followed and everything, which is smart. And then the Clinton administration, the Clinton administration a executive privilege on 14 occasions. Probably because Bill Clinton got in a lot of trouble from Republicans during his time in office from all the such scandals, Monica Lewinsky, and all the many scandals. Him and Haley had way before he, Bill, even even when Bill was in office uh, as president, and even to this day, and even before he was president, in in everything. in nineteen in nineteen ninety eight, President Bill Clinton became the first president since Nixon to assert a second privilege and lose in court when a federal judge ruled that Clinton aides could be. Car- could be called to testify in the Lewinsky scandal. Later, Clinton exercised a form of negotiated second privilege when he agreed to testify before the grand jury called by Independent Counsel Kenneth Starr, only after negotiating the terms under which he would appear. To claim that, quote, absolutely no one is above the law, unquote, Starr said such a privilege must give way, and evidence must be turned over to prosecutors if it is re- re- relevant to an infras- investigation. Okay, so I was saying, I was talking about how uh, Clinton, former President Bill Clinton invoked during donors administration, invoked a second pillage on 14 occasions, and I talked about that. All the main occasions which he tried so to use it, a second privilege in this administration. So then, during the George W. Bush administration, George Walker Bush administration, the Bush administration invoked a second privilege on six occasions. President George W. Bush first asserted, asserted a second privilege in December 2001 to deny. Disclosure of details regarding former Attorney General Janet Reno. The scandal involving the F- Federal Bureau of Investigation of the FBI misuse of organized crime informants James J. Bogle, B-U-L-G-E-R B- U- Bogle, and Stephen F- L- 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 M- e. Uh and Justice Department deliberations against about President Bill Clinton's fundraising tactics. Bush, in fact, inflicts a second privilege in, quote, in substance, unquote, in, in refusing to s- disclose for details of Vice President Dick Cheney's meetings with energy executives, which was not appeared by the GAO. I think for a general, I forget what that is. In a separate Supreme Court decision in 2004, however, Justice Anthony Anthony Kennedy, who is now retired, the Supreme Court on its own terms and replaced by I think it was Brett Kavanaugh Ka- Brett Kavanaugh noted second privilege is an extraordinary assertion of power not to be lightly invoked. United States first runners 345 US one 1953 according to that. Further, on January on June twenty eighth Two thousand seven, Bush, Bush, President George H. W. Bush invoked a second privilege in response to congressional subpoenas casting documents from from former President Counselor Harriet Meyer Mears and former political director Sarah Taylor, citing that the reason for these distin- distinctions rest upon a bedrock presidential prerogative for the president to perform his constitutional duties. It is imperative that he can... that uh, It is imperative that he receive candid and unfettered advice and that free and open discussions and deliberations occur among his advisors and between those advisors and others within and outside the executive branch. On July 20- on, jo- on july 9, two thousand seven, Bush again invoked a second privilege to block a con- congressional subpoena requiring for testimonies of Taylor and Myers. Furthermore, White House Counsel Fred F. Fielding refused to comply with a deadline set by the chairman of Senate Judiciary Committee to explain a privilege claim. Proved that the person invoked it and provide large of which documents were being withheld. On July 25, 2007, the House Judiciary Committee voted to cite Matt Mears and Wallace Chief of Staff Joshua Bolton for contempt of Congress. On July 13, less than a week after claiming a second privilege, Mears and Taylor Fielding effectively claimed a privilege again, this time in relation to documents related to 2004 of Two thousand four, death of Army Ranger Pat Tillman. In A letter to the House Committee on Oversight and Government Reform, fielding claimed a certain papers related to a discussion of the friendly fire, shooting implicate a secret branch confidential, confidentiality interest and would therefore not be over, not be turned over to the committee. And then on August first, two thousand seven. Bush infiltrated the privilege for a fourth time in a letter over a month, this time rejecting a subpoena for Carl Rove. The subpoena would have required Rove to testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee in a probe of fired federal prosecutors. In a letter to Senate Judiciary Chairman Patrick Leahy, fielding claimed that Rove, quote, Rove as an immediate person. To Presidential advisor is immune from compelled congressional testimony about, about matters that rose during his tenure that relate to his official duties in that capacity. Leahy claimed that President Bush was not involved in, with the decision to terminate the service of U.S. attorneys. Furthermore, he asserted that the president's assertive privilege claims protecting both Bolton and Rove were legal. The Senator demanded that demanded that Bolton, Rove, Sarah Taylor, and J, J. Scott Jennings comply merely with their subpoenas. This development paved the way for a Senate panel vote on whether on to advance the citations to the full Senate. Quote It is obvious that the reasons given for these fines were contrived as part of the co- cover up and that the stonewalling by the White House as part of. Part and parcel of the, that same effort, Leahy cl- concluded. As of July 17, 17th, 17th, 2008, according to Wikipedia, Rove still cl- claimed a secret privilege to avoid a congressional subpoena. Rove's lawyer wrote that his client is constitutionally immune from compelled to congressional con- testimony. And then during bomb administration, Obama administration on June 20th, 2012, President Barack Obama asserted a second privilege in order to withhold certain Department of Justice documents related to the, the Operation Fast and Furious controversy ahead of the United States House Committee on Oversight and Government Reform to vote to hold Eric, Attorney General Errol Carter in contempt of Congress for refusing to produce. The documents. Late that same day, the House Committee voted twenty-three to seventeen along party lines to hold Holder in contempt of Congress for over not releasing the documents. Uh, and then, during the Trump administration, as you may think, uh, while investigating claims Russian interference in the twenty sixteen election, the Senate Intelligence Commute- com- Committee. Subpoenaed former FBI director James Comey to testify. Comey was fired several weeks before being subpoenaed, but he ha- but he ha- but had appeared before the committee once m- once before March was still serving as director. Less than a week before the scheduled hearing, it was reported that Trump- President Trump was confer- was considering invoking executive privilege to prevent to Comey's testimony. According to Attorney Page Pat- Pate, it seemed unlikely that second privilege would be applicable, as Trump had publicly spoken about the encounters and questioned multiple times. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, a former White House spokesperson, released a statement on July 5, 2018, maybe? Or 19? No, probably 18. The press, quote, the president's power to assert second of privilege is well, very well stabbed. However, in order to facilitate a swift and thorough examination of the facts sought by the Senate Intelligence Committee, President Trump will not assert a second of privilege regarding James Comey's scheduled testimony, unquote. On May 18, 2019, Trump asserted, asserted executive privilege regarding the full Mueller report at the request of Attorney General. According to the New York Times, this was Trump's, quote, first use of secrecy powers as president, unquote. On June 12, 2019, Trump asserted executive privilege over documents related to the addition of a citizenship question over 20, on the 2020 census. This was in response to a subpoena from the House, the United House of the House Representatives leading up to the impending vote of whether to hold Wilbur Ross and Attorney General William Barr in contempt of, of Congress on the census question. And then, as you probably can guess, Trump tried invoking executive privilege again and again, in subject of the subpoena of. His tax returns so it's important to understand where executive privilege comes from and how all the different presidents have used it within the power and now Biden has a struggle has a struggle or in many aspects he already knows because he's been he thinks he's been president forever at least in his mind speaks in public because he says he's oh I've been a vice president for t- thirty six years or something, but really, that's just where his mind goes, I guess. But anyway, and so Biden just has to use, be smart with how he uses executive privilege once he comes out of office, once he does leave office, or and right now he just has to be smart with how he allow, he disallows or allows Trump to use his his executive privilege as a former present. Which is legal which brings up legal questions in the, in the form of how do we use it? How do former presidents be allowed to use it? In case of like what Trump is to do or Trump former President Donald Trump is trying to do with all the officials in the White House that are part of his administration lean lead up to Joe Biden's administration inauguration and that helped Trump that uh, could that maybe we don't know, but could have helped helped out Trump with the insur with plan of insurrection January sixth. We don't know, but it's possible. So that is where I think we we can take it from here. And If you have any questions, look it up on the internet, look it up on Wikipedia. There's a Time magazine article from to- from twenty nineteen. How President, president, it says, the title of Time Magazine article is called President Trump Infoed Executive Privilege, Here's the History of that President to Power. Then, if you want to look it up, look up uh, law.cornell.edu and look up Executive Privilege. This gives a good definition of Executive Privilege. I think it's good to understand Executive Privilege because... Whatever you think, oh, a person cannot, like, have a privilege or they cannot assert themselves from certain cases or certain uh, laws or some They cannot try to get themselves out of trouble, but in reality, they can. It just depends if they actually are allowed to assert themselves. So that's what we're going for today. As always, pay attention to news if you choose to. And always vote, 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 and and next week's uh, local elections, if you're in the U.S., and if you're in other countries, then please uh, watch out for your next set of elections, either nationally, or local in your country of origin or where you live right now, because it's important to keep your local and statewide and countywide or area wide officials and even the federal government officials accountable for what they are doing. Until next time, peace out and think thanks for listening to American Plughard Paradise. Thank you and have a great day.